Seems to be just, should have been just started, Brother Adam, and here we are, nine days down. Before long, it'll be nine months down if you, it just goes that fast, praise the Lord. Our focus verse this morning is Genesis, the 12th chapter, <clears throat> verses 1 through 3. Praise the Lord. Amen. I like good service when we get good and hoarse. <clears throat> I don't know, I got a, me and me and my, the boys and Brother Jace was on the golf course yesterday. Lord knows I don't know nothing about no golf course, but I was on a golf course yesterday riding around, and there's a guy doing some sawing and some cutting over to the side, and we were cutting up and having a big time, and all, all of a sudden I heard someone say, Justin Wells. So I looked over there, and it's a guy I work with, it's a shame that across a golf course, someone can hear your big mouth and know exactly who you are. Amen. <laughs> yeah, this unique city-fied accent I have, you know, praise the Lord. Amen. Anyways, if you don't like country, well, you probably ain't going to like me. Genesis, the 12th chapter, verses 1 through 3 says, <clears throat> Now the Lord has said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from the from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. I will bless thee and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse them, curse him that curses thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. You may be seated. Sister Misty, hold that verse up there. I want you to notice something. It's unique. I will bless them with a multitude that bless thee and curse him that curses thee. The blessings are for the multitude, but the curses are for one single person. I seen that this morning. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. The Lord don't want to curse people. That's not his intent. So he doesn't want to put a blanket statement out there and say, I'm going to curse them. But I'm going to pick out that one person. If I have to do this, I don't want to do this. I want to bless them. But if, if you don't want to outright and I have to do the cursing, I'm going to curse him. I'm going to take care of that one person. Amen. Amen. That was free. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I ain't, I ain't preaching, I'm teaching this morning, but I could. Amen, praise the Lord. Amen, amen. The title of our lesson this morning is Receiving the Promise. We will receive God's promise by what? How do we receive God's promise? Sister Beverly, how do we receive God's promise? When he chooses to, absolutely. What else? How else do we receive God's promise, Mama? Obeying his word when he chooses to. What else? Say it again. Amen. This is what both of these are. Believing his word, waiting on him. That's all encompassing in faith. We will receive God's promises by faith. God blesses all people who have faith in him. Pastor Moat said something, and he's answered Man, that, that guy has so much wisdom, I tell you right now. 
He, he answered questions for me so many times. Have you ever sat and wondered, and I'm going to just be human for a minute, looked at people and say, how do they be, have so many blessings when they live like the devil? Have you ever thought that thought? I, I, maybe that's just me. I'm not supposed to judge, and, I, and the Lord's been working me over about judgment. And, but you can look at things and just say, well, what's going on here? How in the world do they receive so many blessings? You've heard Pastor Mo say that. I'm actually asking that. But he said it many times. God honors faith no matter where he finds it. No matter how you live, no matter what you do or don't do, God honors faith. God will bless faith. It doesn't matter the other circle. That don't mean that you're going to go be with him one day. That don't mean you're right with him. That just means he honors faith. Now, if you do know truth and you do know how you should live, it's pointless if you don't have faith. It's the, it's the combination of the two. Amen. God honors faith no matter how you find it. What are you doing? Oh, praise the Lord. That's distracting. <laughs> Amen. His day began just like any other. Abram woke up, slipped on his robe and slippers, and opened the tent flap with a cup of Canaan coffee. That's Sister, Sister Twyla in his hand. Canaan coffee. Amen. Amen. Maybe he would, maybe he would till the ground or mend the fence. He certainly needed to be sure to sure up the boards in the barn before the storms blew through. He and his sweetheart, Sarah, had been living on his father's farm for a while, and home was starting to feel more like home. During that day, Abraham heard a voice speaking to him. It was a much deeper than Sarah's. As he looked around, no one else seemed to hear it, and no one else seemed to be speaking to him. It sounded like it was coming from above, but no one was up in the born loft. Who was speaking to him? He heard the voice again. This time it was unmistakable. It was coming from above. It was coming from God. God spoke to Abram and told him to leave home, leave his country, his father's house, his farm, and start walking where God was leading. God did not give him turn-by-turn turn direction. God asked Abram to trust that he would show him where to walk. That's faith. That's faith. Wake up in the morning, get in the truck, Brother Adam, and the Lord just tell you where to go. Just keep going. Just, as a matter of fact, pack everything you own up, get Sister Krista in the truck, and just take off. God will tell you. That's rough. That, that, that takes an enormous amount of faith. I don't know about y'all today, but if I have a turn-by-turn -turn direction GPS, I still can get lost. <laughs> I still mix my exit. And he didn't have any of that. He just said, take off. Take off, leave your country, leave your kinsmen, get your wife, and hit the road, Jack. Man, that takes some unique faith. The Lord said, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless thee and curse, curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. 
Where was all this coming from? Why were all these promises coming Abram's way? God was looking for a man he could bless to bless others. He was looking for a man he could bless to bless others. And he chose Abram. God's plan from the beginning was to bless Abram so God could bless others through Abram. God picked Abram to bless so God could bless others through Abram. We, we are very selfish if we think we come to the house of the Lord and the Lord pours out a blessing on us and it is just for us to keep. That is a selfish way to look at it. Now the Lord loves you enough and he loves me enough to just bless me individually. He does. But the intent of the blessing is to bless you, but it is also for you to be a blessing to someone else. God doesn't give you encouraging just so you feel better. He encourages you so you could go encourage someone else. God gives you victory so you can get over whatever that's in your way that's a problematic thing so you can go be a witness for him. He blesses you so you can go bless someone else. God is not really in the business of addition, subtraction, or division. He's in the business of multiplication. He wants to multiply it. He wants to multiply it. Amen. I stole that from my son. Amen. That's what he wants to do. He wants to multiply it. Praise the Lord. Amen. God's blessings are not only for us. They are for everyone. When God blesses us in a service, it is not for us to enjoy exuberant worship, but it is for others to be blessed as well. God fills us up with his spirit so he can pour us into others and give them a taste of what it is like to live a spirit-filled, spirit-led child of God. Just as it would have been wrong for Abram to hoard all of God's blessings to himself and not share them with the world, so too with us today. I never thought about it being wrong. That's a pretty, pretty bold statement. It's wrong to be selfish with the blessings God give you. God will not keep honor. He won't honor selfishness. He wants us to bless others. We need, I love this. I've circled it. I've underlined it. You can look at all the drawings in my book here. I love this. We need to keep our ears open to hear God's voice. Our hands open to receive God's blessings and our hearts open to share God's goodness. Our ears open to receive, to hear, our hands open to receive, and our hearts open to share. I don't want to have a closed heart. What does hurt do to you? When someone hurts you, what is the first thing you do? Close the heart. Close the door. It's the first thing, Ronald, right? When you hurt me, I, I shut it off. I put the wall up. I put the blanket up. I put the, the protection, the shield. And for us to be a blessing, we have to take the shield down. We have to show ourselves vulnerable. And we're vulnerable in and of ourselves. 
But when you add that dynamic of the Holy Ghost in our lives, that is our protector. But in our humanity, we want to be protector of ourselves. You have them muted. Don't, don't mute them. These on the yeah. We want to protect ourselves. We want to shield ourselves. If we, if we do that, we close off the blessings that we can give to others. Amen. Our ears open to hear God's voice, our hands open to receive God's blessings, and our heart open to share God's goodness. God has really been good. Maybe just me today, but God has really been good. I don't want to keep that to myself. I've adopted a new saying coming out of Christmas. A lot of people would ask me, man, how was your Christmas? And how, how, how did your Christmas go? And how did your holidays go? You know, you get them cordial. They don't really care, but they're asking cordially uh, as you go through your day. My, my saying has been, I'm just spoiled. That's what I am. Just spoiled. God has been so good that I'm just plum spoiled. We got everything we could ever want and need. More food than we could ever eat. Yeah, there are some things that I would change if I could, but my goodness, we're, we're, it's, it's pretty good. Pretty good. God has been pretty good. And in all of that goodness, I don't want to keep it to myself. I want to share it. I want to share it with someone. Although Abraham fully trusted God, he did not fully obey God. God's command was clear to leave your father's house and your father's family, but Abram had a nephew, and he wanted to bring him along. So he brought his nephew Lot. Man, there's so many times in my life that I felt like I fully trusted God, but I wanted to do things a little different than what God wanted me to do. And even though I had trust for him, if I didn't have obedience coupled with my trust, it's, it's not getting me very far. God does not grade obedience on a curve. Partial obedience is still disobedience. Partial obedience is still disobedience. God is not impressed when we are 99% obedient to him. Disobedience is costly. God kept all of his promises he made to Abram, but Abram ended up fighting battles he was not supposed to encounter. He fought with the sword once and fought in prayer the other time to save Lot's life. God knew Lot would not be like Abram, and if Abram had obeyed God fully, he would have avoided unnecessary battles and heartaches. We, too, must obey God completely. We, too, must obey God completely. Man, sometimes that's hard. That takes an extra amount of faith. Amen. The Bible is filled with eulogies of men and women who obey God partially, 
but paid a high price because they ended up fighting battles they were not supposed to fight. God is not erratic. He does not bark orders just to watch us sweat. As a good father, he knows what is best for us because only he knows what is ahead of us. When God speaks to you the next time, obey him completely. He speaks to us through his word, through the preacher, and, and through a song, through our prayer time. God is speaking to people who are listening. When he speaks, listen, let us listen and obey. When I get myself in trouble is when I try to rationalize things. God, I hear what you're saying. And I know that's what you're saying. But it don't make sense. And so until I can get some clarity on what you're saying, I'm just going to sit here and wait on it. And the opportunity came, and the opportunity went. And I'm still over here trying to rationalize it. And then next week, I think about it again, and I got this regret piled on top of me. And I'm like, mm, I missed it again. I knew to do it. I knew I was supposed to act, but it didn't really make sense to me. And now here I am, and I missed it again. I missed it again. We need to keep our ears open and our hands open and our hearts open. When we don't have our ears open and our hands open and our hearts open, we rationalize and we miss it again. Play that clip, please, ma'am. Thank you. 
what about that rationale? There's two, two extremes there. We have the little child on the floor trying not to see so they don't have to do anything, so they can rationalize that. Then there's also this other side at the end when he said, I see someone that has a need. I know they have a need. Do I just wait on the Lord to tell me to do it, or do you think that might be my sign to go ahead and try to help them out? So many times I try to rationalize it both ways. God, I hear what you're saying, but I think they're okay. They've been doing okay, so I'm just going to wait. Or, God, I don't really hear what you're saying, but I see that there's a need there, so I'm just going to wait on you to say something. And we're trying to use that rationale to figure all this out, and God's like, just do what I ask you to do. I didn't put it on, my heart, on your heart just by mistake. God didn't, didn't accidentally put that on your heart. But if we have our ears open and our hands open and our hearts open, we're probably going to know what he has to say to us. We're going to be able to hear that voice, and we're going to know what to do. But when we have so many distractions and so much noise that we can't hear and our hands are full, full of junk, things of life, and we've been hurt and our hearts closed, it's going to be hard to be a blessing. Help me, Lord, to open up. God spoke again and reminded Abraham of the promise he had made to him 24 years earlier. And this time, God gave Abraham a gift. Long before sonograms and ultrasounds, God told Abraham they would have a son and even told him when. But before they knew it, Sarah was starting to show and Abraham went to work on his diaper-changing technique. Sarah sewed together another blue blanket to replace the one that they had lost years earlier. Just as God promised... And when God promised, Abraham and Sarah found themselves sitting in their tent, holding their baby boy they named Isaac. They received God's promise by faith because our faithful God keeps his promises. Our faithful God keeps his promises. You can take it to the bank. You can trust in it. If he said it, I believe it. If he said it, it is done. Amen. He don't lie. He don't make mistakes. If he said it, go ahead and believe it. You can. You can trust him. Because our faith for God keeps his promises. It is tricky It is a tricky tightrope, this faith. We can fall off the tightrope on two sides. Sometimes people confuse laziness with faith. God makes them a promise, and they do nothing thinking God will do everything. They call it waiting on God, but God is waiting on them to do what they can do until he will do what they cannot. If God promised he's going to save your family, do not just wait for him to do Start praying for them. Share your testimony of God's goodness with them. And then watch what he can do. He will not do what you you or I can do. But he will do what we can't. How many times have we heard Pastor Moe say that? He won't do what you can do. But he sure will do what you can't do. But we have to go do something. 
We have to go put it in practice. We have to get on the prayer bones. We have to skip a meal or two. We have to share a witness and a testimony. We have to open ourselves up. But then he'll take over and he'll do it. Abraham did not have this problem. He fell off the tightrope on the other side. He tried to speed God along. Eleven years after God first spoke to him, Abraham felt that he had waited long enough. He had waited a decade plus one. So he sired a son through his wife's servant, Hagar. But that was not God's attention. As far as Abraham knew, he and Sarah were supposed to have a bouncing baby boy, but he stepped off the tightrope of faith and had a son with another woman. Ishmael was his name, and he is the father of the Arabian nations. Isaac is the father of the Jewish nations. And because of, of Abraham's disobedience, both families are still feuding 4,000 years later. Got in a hurry. Couldn't wait. It's been 11 years, God. God said, I still got it. I got it. I give you that promise, but that don't mean I, I'm, I'm not going to fulfill it. But it's been 11 years, God. So let's, let's try a different plan. Let me rationalize this thing. Let me figure this thing. Ah, I know what you meant. I'm supposed to go sleep with this other woman. I got it. Well, that don't sound too good, does it? He had it all worked out. Poor Hagar. Just an old servant lady. Poor lady. My goodness, she didn't get an option. If you read the story on, she got kicked out of the camp, sent out in the wilderness. She didn't do anything wrong. All because he got in too big a hurry. Help me, Lord, to not try to rationalize the Lord and just be obedient. God, I don't want to try to figure it all out. I just want to be obedient. I want to have faith and know that you got it. Whether I understand it or not, God, I just need to, I need to do what you say. I want to hear. Amen. Abraham did not have the benefit of the Bible, but we do. We have the highlight reels of God's faithfulness and power. We see our God open seas. He shuts lions' mouths. He dances in fire. He touches lepers. He heals the sick. He forgives sinners. He makes the lame walk. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Nothing. That is a question God asked Abraham. It is the question he still asks us today. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Amen. Clip two. I want to give into the philosophy of uh, give to get type of thing. Even though the scripture says give and it shall be given unto you. I give because I want to be a blessing to someone. I want to be a blessing to the expansion of God's kingdom. And if I happen to get blessed in return, that's just a side benefit to me. Sometimes I see a need, maybe it's uh, 
God's kingdom in that part of the world. I think that if everyone gives a little, then together we can all give a whole lot. I'm sure that you've heard of faith promise, and one of my favorite faith promise stories is about a guy that was a new convert in the church, and he made a faith promise pledge, and the Lord supplied the need, uh, supplied that particular faith promise pledge that he made, and supplied it through his ex-wife. So if you make the step to give, uh, you do it according to what you see, according to what you hear, according to what your heart tells you to do, God will bless that person or that ministry, and the Lord will also bless you in return. That's his word, and it's often said you can never outgive the Lord. Amen. God's into multiplication. You may think, or sometimes I have thought, man, I really don't have much to offer this missionary, but here's this little bit. Here's this $5. But it's amazing what $5 can do when the Lord gets in it. Just like five loaves and two fishes. No one would have thought they would have fed 4,000 or 5,000 people. But when the Lord gets in it, man, what $5 can do. What one fifty cents can do, it don't matter. If you give it and say, God, here it is, it's what I have. And I'm willing to put it in your hands. And you do what you do with it, God. I, I want to be a blessing. Might not be much, it don't matter. God, don't, don't look at the quantity. He just looks at the condition of the heart. Amen. Amen. Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family and go to a land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. That was God's great promise to Abram. But 25 years later, he was still holding on to the promise God made him a quarter of a century earlier. Nine chapters fill the space-time between the time God made his promise in the time he performed his promise. God will keep all the promises he makes to us. If God has made you a promise, you will you, you promise, would you raise your hand? If God ever made you a promise, raise your hand. If you're still waiting for God to perform, would you keep your hand in the air? If you're waiting for God to give you an apology or an explanation for why your hand is still in the air, you're waiting for the wrong thing. If God has promised you something, all you need to do is what God told Abraham to do. Walk before the Lord and trust him. He will not apologize for his promise, but he will perform his promise. The scripture says, there has not failed one word of all his good promises, 1 Kings 8, 56. We need to remember the probing question God asked Abraham to answer is anything too hard for the Lord? Ask God to let you know if there's anything you should be doing while you wait for him to do what he promised to do. Pray for God to bolster your faith to believe that what he promised he will surely perform. It is easy to forget how faithful our God is. Whether we are listening to monitors and machines in the hospital or we are pouring over bills at home, or we are sitting in the front row of a funeral, at these times we can remember 
God's promise and ask out loud, is there anything too hard for the Lord? We will find out what Abraham find out, found out. What God has promised, he is able to perform. What God promised, he is able to perform. I don't care how bleak it may look. I don't care how bad it may seem. I don't care how hopeless the situation may be. All that don't even matter. If he said it, take it to the bank. You can believe it. If he said it, he will do it. Our faithful God will perform his promise. Aren't you glad to know that you can trust him? Aren't you glad you know you can put your faith in him? The one that never leaves us or forsakes us. This almighty God, all powerful the God that's everywhere, this all time, the all-knowing God. I can trust him today. He fulfills his promises. It's predicated on my faith and me getting it done and putting it into action. Praise the Lord. Let's stand this morning and love the Lord today. Oh, we bless your name today.